0: Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today at QueenBeing.com, we're gonna talk about why it's so hard to get over a narcissist and why it's even harder than it is to get over someone who isn't a narcissist, if that makes any sense. It will by the end of this video. All right, let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create a life. So a lot of times You know, in most cases people who have been with a narcissist tend to um, express similar feelings about the relationships and and almost identical situations about the relationships, things that have happened in the relationship. So look, I know for me recovery felt like it was going to be like almost impossible, okay, and and so Even though, you know, you move on and you become less invested in stuff, it definitely changes the way that you live the rest of your life from that point forward. Part of it, yeah, and and depending on your own personal choices and what you decide you're going to do, you may choose to move forward with, you know, a a new renewed spirit, new passion for life, all these things, or you can choose to move forward like being totally burnt and feeling angry and, and pissed off at the world either way you're gonna go on. Now, I don't know about you, but I would much rather go forward with a happier, stronger, more me kind of attitude. How about you? Well, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through and we're gonna talk about, um, you know, the different ways, different stages, you know, why it's so different. Okay, because generally, you know, <laughs> breakups and, and, and divorces, all these things are are in fact known to be almost as or even more so in certain studies, more painful than watching someone die that you love or losing someone that you love through death, because when you lose a person through divorce, Essentially, or breaking up. Essentially, they come, they go out of your life, right? Um, and and what you, what happens is a lot of times we recognize that the person we thought they were never existed, and that is incredibly devastating for just about ev- everybody, right? So you go through the standard stages of grief, but while in a lot of relationships you get a certain amount of closure, that never happens with a narcissist. The movie with um, Humphrey Bogart and um, Ingrid Bergman. What was it called? They did a Casablanca. You know, at the end, when when their relationship goes away, as as they're saying goodbye, they say, "Oh, we'll always have Paris," right? Well, because you know, Paris in that case represents every promise that he made to her, she made to him, every moment they spent. You know, all of those things they could remember Paris and have fond memories. Well, it doesn't work with narcissists because they they literally take everything that you thought was true. And they twist it and break it and make it untrue. So yeah, a lot of people say they feel shocked, they feel shell-shocked, they feel um, they feel blown over, they feel blown away. And so anyway, I'm gonna give you four reasons today that explain why it's so hard to get over a narcissist, why it's so much harder than it is to get over a different relationship or a normal relationship. All right, so more reasons for that, here we go. So reason number one, nothing is what you thought it was. It's incredibly painful because it's a, the thing is that what what you thought happened didn't happen, okay. So when you have understood that what you thought was about both of you was actually only about the narcissist and what you could do for the narcissist, um, it's devastating it's devastating because you start to think about every single moment when you really believed, oh my god, that was my soulmate, this person was perfect for me, everything seems so natural, and you find yourself kind of rehashing it over and over in your, in your head, and if you're anything like me, you're, you're, you're like, how did I let this happen to me? I know better than this. Even if you didn't know better for sure, you kind of knew better, right? Okay, so this wounds us to the core. And of course brings us right to point number two, which is hindsight. Good lord hindsight is always 2020 isn't it? Yeah, the thing is that we all as intelligent people we know, okay, there are certain red flags about people that we should know about, right? Uh, but what happens is that when you split up, everything that you knew instinctively was a red flag, suddenly is like, oh yeah, what about this? Pop, 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 all in your head, right? So, <laughs> what happens is that everything you missed. In the initial thing. Everything you let slide, you know, we let things slide in the beginning of a new relationship, you know, because maybe we're having such great sex, we just don't notice that the person never ever 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 asks asks about ourselves, asks us. Or maybe we're having such a good time with them, having fun, doing new crazy things, that we don't notice that we've been together for two years and we don't know anything about the person. You know, who's their, you know, who's their family? Do they have siblings? We don't know. We're too busy hanging out, having fun. And, and the point is, um, that there are just layers and layers of lies, untruths, hidden things and you end up questioning literally every single thing in your life when you go through this, you know, and, and and it's especially disconcerting and upsetting when you find someone who has been Your partner who has been the person next to you for all of this time and 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 they suddenly realize that a lot of their actions had to do with making you feel crazy on purpose. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's that's where it where it all begins. I think more than anything the gaslighting is incredibly painful because it is realizing that you literally kind of said here, I'll take whatever you got <laughs> without realizing it, you know, because when you when you start to realize that in your efforts to keep the narcissist happy, you ended up kind of being in on it with them, kind of allowing them to treat you like you didn't matter, like you were less than, it, it makes you kind of, it causes flashbacks, especially if you've got complex post-traumatic stress disorder as a side effect of narcissistic abuse. It, it you end up reliving those emotional moments, you over and over, the pain, the arguments, the disrespect, that the way your stomach would feel when you heard the tires in the driveway or whatever and and certainly that doesn't help you in your recovery at all, okay. Well, that brings me right to point number three. You feel kind of like a fool, right? So if you're, once, once you get through the part where you're sad and angry and all this stuff, you uh, you without realizing it, <laughs> you you turn yourself into what you would consider a fool if you saw the situation from the outside. So uh, we become like insecurely attached to a narcissist um, and we are then more likely to fall into this self-criticism pit where we beat ourselves up, We we Figure that everything that we've been through, everything that we come up to at this point, all of our challenges have been because of our own bad character, uh, because we're not seeing the narcissist as someone like a mistake, like we made a mistake with the narcissist. We, we, we see that anything that we've done caused our abuse. We think that, you know, um, only someone is dumb and naive or stupid as I am could think, you know, and you know, you're not stupid, you know, you're not dumb. Maybe you know naive. I don't know. Maybe maybe you were naive to believe that there was humanity in a person But you can't beat yourself up like that Um, There there really wasn't anything wrong with you. You really didn't do anything to deserve the treatment and you know when you focus on that you know, all the things that you think are wrong with you, you're certainly not going to give yourself much of a chance to actually recover from this abuse because you're essentially abusing yourself on behalf of the narcissist again and again and again and again. You can't recover if you're still abusing yourself, you feel me? So it's one thing to take responsibility for the abuse and um, in the respect of, okay, I made the mistake of allowing this person into my life, and I made the mistake of staying with that person. I decided, you know, that I, I would marry or, or live, live with or whatever that person. I was scared to leave when I knew I should, uh, you know all the chances, you know, uh, if you stayed with them after they cheated, you would worry. Then you come back around and you're like, I should have never got with that person in the first place. Then you go over all the red flags again, and you think I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? You know, when we criticize ourselves, when we focus on all the bad parts, we are so more likely to get caught up in this cycle, this cyclone or whatever, where we once again are stuck and we can't get through it. Those of us who survived narcissistic abuse, we tend to self-blame, we tend to Um, you know, if we tell ourselves that we're the problem, all we have to do is, is, you know, change. That's what we think and and so we are really good at changing. We are really good. Those of us who are empathic are really good at changing our mind, changing everything. You know what? Maybe I am really the problem. Maybe I can change this and everything will be okay. I know I tried it. I tried it so hard so many times. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because certainly we can always improve ourselves, but we certainly can't change anyone else and nothing we do will change anyone else unless they choose to allow us to help them change, okay? A narcissist almost never does that. And that kind of brings me to number four. Um you know, because the fact is the narcissist never had any intention of changing and so no matter how much they pretended they would or how much they acted like you could help them or you thought that you could help them, you couldn't and it wasn't your fault. It was them because they didn't have any desire to change or intention of changing. They still don't believe anything's wrong with them. You know, so number four, you feel utterly powerless, don't you? A narcissist needs to feel in control all the time. That's how they deal with their life. They need to be in control themselves and everybody else around them and in order to do that, they need somebody to beat up mentally most of the time, emotionally, uh, psychologically, sometimes physically and that's why it's very difficult to stop that that whole thing from happening because when you are robbed of your own sense of self- direction, uh, your own sense of understanding about the world and every you know, that's where the cognitive dissonance comes in. Like you could tell the narcissist, Hey, look at the sky's blue and and the narcissist might say, No, I really think the sky's green and, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like somebody said to me, Well, this this the sky's a shade of blue, but it's more green really <laughs> I thought that was funny. But uh when you're in you know, that position where you're constantly being criticized. Every single thing you do and say and think is criticized. You become defensive and you're unable to be proactive if you stay there in that spot. It's really difficult to stay emotionally straight, balanced on top of yourself. That sounds funny, but you know what I'm talking about? Uh, And in control of the other parts of your world around you. Okay, so of course superficially, you can and so you'll see that a lot of times when you go through abuse, you may have the appearance of someone who gets along with everything just fine. You're on autopilot. So, Sure, you're getting up in the morning, you're getting dressed, you're acting normal, you're putting on your makeup or your tie, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever you're into and and you're paying your bills and you're taking care of the kids and you're doing all the things, but you don't really feel anything. Yeah, it, it gets in the way of recovery my friend. And, and all of the anxiety and fear and all the other, you know, bad stuff that comes along with it, gets in the way. So one of the most important things in my opinion in recovery is to take back your power and to reown yourself as it were, decide things for yourself, make choices and be okay with them no matter what, you know. So that, that's, that's what I'm gonna say today. So those are four ways That it's very difficult, for reasons, it's very difficult for us to recover from narcissistic abuse. Um, In a future video, in another video coming soon, (laughs) coming soon, we're gonna talk about, you know, some different ways that you can heal, okay? I've gotten, I've done tons of videos on this already, but there's always more room for improvement on everything, right? So if you have specific questions about narcissistic abuse, narcissistic abuse recovery, or breaking up with a narcissist, or Still trying to deal with a narcissist, leave them in the comments below and I will answer them as quickly as possible, either in a video or in a comment. All right, I have to wrap up. I'm getting ready to step into a client call right now, so have a wonderful day. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life, and thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body, take care of your soul.